and welcome to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy. Thank you all for tuning in today. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I asked some of my listeners really what they were looking for and what they wanted to hear more about. And an overwhelming number of people wanted to hear more about business-related uh, subjects and topics. And so today we're going to sort of cover that, uh, cover sort of simplicity within your business and, and some branding questions that, that I know everyone in the physical therapy world has been talking a lot about branding and branding PT, branding ourselves. So to help me through that today, I'm very happy to have on the show Alan Siegel. He is one of the best known figures in the branding industry, a longtime advocate of clarity and simplicity in communications. In 2011, he created Siegel Vision, a new strategic branding and communications consultancy that champions clarity above all. Alan is also the founder and chairman emirates of global branding agency Siegel & Gale. He has written extensively um, on the subject of simplicity and communication for the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Huffington Post, the National Law Review, has talked about simplification on the Today Show, the McNeil, McNeil Lara Report, CBS Evening News with Dan, Ran, Dan Rather, CNN, and the TED Conference, the big TED Conference, not the TEDx Conference. Um, and uh, he's an author. His newest book is called Simple, Conquering the Crisis of Complexity. It was released in April of 2013 and highlights the perils of complexity, serving as a practical guide for simplicity warriors. And that's really what we're going to be talking about today. So, Alan, uh, good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Great. So, you know, what we're really going to... what we're, really want to talk about today is we're going to talk about the book and then a little later just some general branding questions that a lot of people, at least I know a lot of physical therapists and and, uh, people in the health and wellness realm have questions on. But first, let's, let's talk about the book Simple, Conquering the Crisis of Complexity. So, you know, you've been involved in the simplification movement for decades. So why did you feel like now was the right time to write this book? Well, I've spent the past 30 years simplifying virtually every type of product or service or experience for big companies and for government, for not for profit. And uh, I was just immersed in doing the work, and I, I decided a couple of years ago to step back when a publisher approached me and try to synthesize what I'd learned over the past 30 years into a book. And I have this, you know, saying that you, you don't really know a subject until you've written about it. And, uh, you know, it was a, a real challenge to take 30 years of experience and try to synthesize it into a book that exemplifies simplicity. And, you know, I've read through the book a, a couple of times now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in, in reading through the book, you're, I'm sort of, I think it's just right in the beginning, you make a point that... There is a world of difference, and this is taken from the book, a world of difference between simple and simplistic. And the distinction lies in understanding what is essential and meaningful as opposed to what is not, then ruthlessly eliminating the latter while putting emphasis and focus on the former. So I think that's an important passage in the book because I think a lot of people, when you hear about simplification, they think, oh, you're just dumbing it down. And so can you kind of talk to that, that I think, misconception? Yes, I mean, I, I, I think that um, our, our society is becoming increasingly complex. And um, if you look at what's going on in government, when they write laws and regulations, they 
try to um, either detail absolutely everything that's supposed to be done to the point where it people are more concerned about complying with the law, the letter of the law, than the spirit of the law. Mm. And in business, uh, and particularly in their professions, people hide behind their language. And they, um, uh, doctors and lawyers and, and, and business people um, use try, try to make things um, sound complex and um, try to hide behind the language to show how invaluable they are to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens when you simplify something is it shocks people to see that something that has been very complex, um, maybe two, three, four pages of gobbledygook, mm-hmm. can be reduced to uh, one, two, or three or four sentences that is totally comprehensible and totally covers the subject. And um, a lot of uh, a lot of simplification, uh, you know, goes back to not just writing, but figuring out the product or the procedure and simplifying it, and then then simplifying the output. So you know, we work with lots of um, hospitals and banks and all kinds of uh, all kinds of organizations, and um, they when they see something that's simplified. The um, they're shocked and they say something must be missing and something's wrong and something's it's not going to work. So it's it's a constant fight I have with lawyers and doctors and other mm-hmm. people in the professions. But if uh, you know it, it's uh, I remember a case that I had where I simplified an insurance policy and the public adjusters, the people that are hired to adjudicate these policies in the courts, said that things were left out. Um, they weren't. They they were just put, organized intelligently and put in in a, in a way that people could uh, access the information, understand the information, and use the information. So I had to go back to doing charts to sh- to show where the material that they were concerned about was covered in the new document. So, it, but it's a, it, it's it's just human nature uh, for for people to be shocked when they see something that's simple and clear when they're so used to complexity. Right, and and why is it that people don't demand this simplicity? Like, for instance, in the book, it says the average ca- credit card agreement is 111 pages. I mean, that's insane, and yet everyone just accepts it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's, a, that's a really uh, good question and something that I've been, um, you know, it's challenged me in my whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, the, reason, the reason that uh, banks and in, insurance companies and uh, hospitals and all kinds of institutions get away with it is people think that they're powerless to do anything about it and they can't do anything about mm-hmm. it on the one hand. On the other hand, they trust, they sort of trust uh, these institutions, which is, of course, mis- misguided. Um, and um, I've, one of the biggest frustrations that I've had in my life is that I've, I've, de- I've taken virtually every kind of business communications or process and simplified it and dramatized how what the business benefits are to both the consumer and the company and, or the government. Mm-hmm. And yet people continue to blindly sign and agree to things that are unintelligible and are not in their best interest. Right. But I think um, that's going to change now with, with, the, with social media, with the Internet. Um, people now can uh, aggregate behind causes and uh, really put a lot of influence on institutions. So if you think about 
what's happened with some of the software companies that have agreements uh, on their website that say if you sign up for this and use this uh, this software, you would agree to the agreement, and they mm-hmm. never read the agreement in the back. Yeah. Uh, well, the the people in the um, computer industry and the software industry start reading these things, and they see all the um, offensive uh, features in the contract, and they mass together and put pressure on the company and have been able to generate change. Well, I think we're going to see that in all aspects of business now where individuals can really mass together through the new media, through social media, Mm -hmm. and put pressure on these institutions to uh, simplify their contracts and make their contracts fairer. You know, after all, a contract is supposed to be a binding agreement between two parties with mutuality, but there is no mutuality. It's, it's, uh, here's a contract, take it or leave it. But I think there's, there's momentum for this to change. Yeah, and, you know, kind of taking this conversation to, you know, what a lot of my listeners are physical therapists and their health and wellness, and there's another sort of staggering uh, statistic or, or, let's say, number in the book, and that's 14,568 diagnos- diagnostic codes in the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid. So this sort of hits home for a lot of my listeners. And Medicare and Medicaid, when you read their agreements and you read their new rules, and it is so overwhelmingly complicated, you have to use this code and this you know, modifier and, and all this other stuff that a lot of people are saying, you know, it's too much, I'm just not going to take Medicare anymore. Which, you know, I feel like maybe if things were a little bit more user friendly, you wouldn't get such resistance. Yes, I think you know. Um, <clears throat> there's been a lot written about how the um, regulations and programs developed by the government are uh, overly detailed, and they're designed to ver- specify everything you're supposed to do, and they are all tied up with uh, lawyers and, and bureaucrats trying to be as specific as they can. Mm-hmm. And uh, also dealing with controversy because in, in, the, in the medical area, with Medicare and Medicaid and the Obama health care bill, there, you know, there's a lot of conflict when they write the regulations. I, I think that the government is doing a great disservice to the American people, not only in Medicare and Medicaid and the Obama health care bill, but all of the things that you have to do, whether it's Social Security mm-hmm. or, or the IRS. And um, I, I, once again, I'm optimistic that um, the American people are going to start standing up and putting some pressure on government to make things more accessible, usable, and functional. Yeah, and now um, we're going to take a quick break in in a few minutes, but there um, is a great, if people get the book simple, that Mm -hmm. there's a lot of resources in the back, Mm -hmm. and specifically uh, there's a Clarity website, that mm-hmm. people can kind of go to to get more information. Um, what is that website? And clarity above all. I mean, what, what we're trying to do is um, um, rally the forces of simplification and build a website where people uh, send us examples of uh, where things have been uh, simplified and what the benefits are and, and, and can prove that things that people think can't be simplified are simplified. Um, also send in examples of horrible things. Mm. Um, and what we hope to do is um, is build visibility for the good examples, have symposiums and, um, and, and programs where people can become involved in simplification and 
we can activate them to become proponents and put pressure on government and big business to stop with this nonsense. Mm-hmm. And so in the back of the book, we have a, a really good bibliography. We have a list of organizations and people uh, on the website. We also have um, a lot of uh, the names and information about a lot of people who are doing things in simplification, and we're building that out now. And I think it's going to be a great resource for people who are interested in bringing clarity to, clarity to things that they do every day. Yeah, I, I agree, and I encourage people. I know a lot of people have got, gotten this book already. I know a couple of PTs have gone out and got have bought the book. So I encourage you to go in the back and take a look at those resources because the websites are really great. And on that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a few minutes, and we're going to talk about a little bit more about um, how simplification can actually either save you money or make you money um, in your business. So everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back with Alan Siegel. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Do you need a business plan that can guide your company's growth? Covenant 7 will help bring the changes you need. We are small business consultants and we pay attention to the details you may miss. Our coaching and consulting services are guaranteed to lead to right growth for your business. Call us at 917-833-4860 for a no-obligation free consultation. Check out our website at www.covenant7.com. Are you fed up with talking points rhetoric? Everywhere you turn, it's left or right spin, ideology, no reality. In fact, it's ideology over intellect. No more. It's time for the truth. Join me, Larry Sharp, a.k.a. The Neo Sage, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11 Eastern, for the Ivory Tower radio program. In the Ivory Tower, we'll discuss what's important to you, society, politics, business, and family. It's provocative talk for the realist and the skeptic who want to know what's really going on, what does it mean, and what can be done about it. So gain special access to the Ivory Tower and listen to me, Larry Sharp, your Neo Sage, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11, New York time. Go to ivorytowerradio.com for details. That's ivorytowerradio.com. The Ivory Tower is a great place to visit for both entertainment and education. Listen in, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11. It will make you smarter. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. And welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am here joined today by branding expert and author Alan Siegel, and we're talking about his new book, which came out in April of this year, called Simple, Conquering the Crisis of Complexity. And so, Alan, let's get to the one of the most important things when you're running a business is you want to make money. you got to live. So how can simplification, let's say within the company itself or perhaps through the offerings you have, how can that translate into more profits? Well, the first thing is... Um, um, in order to build a business, in order, you want to retain your clients. So you retain your clients 
based on the experience the client has with you. Are, is, is, the, is the company product or service living up to the expectations that, uh, that you've set up? So simplification plays a very critical role in, in streamlining and creating a positive experience and, a, and positive associations and loyalty toward the company. So to me, that's one of the major considerations, because if you look at the wireless uh, telephone companies that, that you deal with mm-hmm. and the contracts that you sign and the bills you have uh, that you get, there's tremendous turnover and there's, there's lack of loyalty and lack of respect for these brands because they do such a terrible job making things complex and unfair and unprofessional. Um, the, 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 there's tremen- there are tremendous benefits by retaining clients and building customer loyalty. And simplification, really, is, and, and clarity and usability and functionality mm-hmm. of the of the experience, I think, is the underpinning of that. There are also uh, just think of uh, uh, of the banks that you deal with, and um, uh, a leasing companies, a moving company, anybody you deal with. If if you can read and understand the contract, if the correspondence is uh, has uh, is intelligent and treats you as an individual is and customized to you if the if the bill is understandable and fair then that uh, that that really creates is is the biggest business benefit mm-hmm. um so uh you know there are all kinds of other benefits there are tremendous cost benefits from streamlining and simplifying the way you do business and the, and the materials that you use and bringing consistency to the experience yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, there is one it, within the book, you um, talk about one particular uh, medical facility. And it seems it's just in reading from from what they do. And that's the Cleveland Clinic um, that they have really sort of streamlined their patient process from everything from the, the moment you walk in the door to you see your doctor, you see everything seems to f- be very streamlined and simple and easy. So can you kind of talk a little bit about what they do and what makes that so special? Yeah, well, I think um, the, the, under, the, the Cleveland Clinic is truly um, the state-of-the-art medical institution in terms of how they interact with the marketplace and with their customers and with, with their staff. Um, and what what they did, what the underpinning everything they do is is empathize, um, and they look at the thought process, the decision making strategies, the attention span of their customers and their employees, and they've completely streamlined the experience and and brought a, a really positive uh, and intelligent approach with strong emotional values. So, for instance. Um, every, I think they took 40,000 people that worked for the Cleveland Clinic, and they, in 40 days they took them through a caregiver program, and, and they intermixed in these programs top-level people with middle-level and low-level people, where they uh, went through every point of contact with the, uh, the customer, the, the patient has with the hospital. And I think they found that everybody that gets involved with the Cleveland Clinic has a minimum of 100 points of contact uh, in that hospital. And these points of contacts or touch points really establish uh, what the experience is. And what they did um, in in going through this program and and, uh, certifying people as caregivers uh, was revamp the whole place. So if you go to the Cleveland Clinic, um, if you when you look into it, 
Um, you, you, you go to the website. It's very clear. You can make an appointment the same day. You get answers to your questions. Um, it's very responsive. When you go there to check in, the people look you in the eye. They talk to you. The paperwork is, is simplified. Um, the, the hospital itself, you, as opposed to what we see here in New York at some of the great hospitals, you'll never see a gurney with patients on it. Mm-hmm. They have separate elevators. It's ve- there's hot, very high security. Um, the um, hospital gowns were designed by Diane Van Furstenberg, so your rear end isn't sticking out. <laughs> it's, it's very comfortable. Which is very important. Um, and uh, virtually... Everything in, in, the, in the place really works. If you're going there to uh, support somebody in your family, they, they have beautiful areas where they have, uh, during lunch, they have concerts. If you're in a waiting area, they have a bulletin board which puts up with, with you know, privacy codes mm-hmm. the status of your patient, where, where they are and when they're going to get out of, uh, of, of the operating room or procedure. Um, so, uh, virtually, uh, you walk down the hall, they have an av- electric avatar, a woman named Maria, and you look at her and she says, can I help you? And she answers questions and you p- push a button and she'll give you a map of where you're going. Everything is taken into consideration. Um, so, um, it's, it, 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 and, and the benefit is informed and engaged, people who are informed and engaged in treatment in a positive way mm-hmm. are going to have a better recovery process. Um, I went there with my co-author, Irene, and we were completely blown away by the environment, the fresh air, the wonderful restaurants, the, um, the, the responsiveness of everybody. We were once looking at a sign and the, um, to try to find an off, uh, office for an interview that we were doing, and a mm-hmm. doctor, a nurse, and a janitor came up and said, how can we help you? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you go to hospitals in most major cities, uh, there's absolutely no interaction. Everybody's running around like crazy, doesn't know what's happening, and mm-hmm. certainly doesn't go out of the way to help you. Somebody spilled some coffee, and two guys in red jackets came up and, and cleaned up the floor right away and made sure that the person... You know, didn't feel bad about it. It was. It's just when you. And then uh, while you're at that hospital, when you're being treated, you have a caregiver who's coordinating the whole experience and keeping you and your family up to date and coordinating all the medical records, all all the diagnostics, and keeping in touch with you. So it's 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 really an extraordinary experience. Yeah, and it's and and I think that. For people in smaller businesses, maybe smaller physical therapy offices, private practitioners, you can certainly take the important aspects of the Cleveland Clinic and bring that into your clinic or into your practice. And I think one of the biggest things that you touched on in the beginning, and it's also a huge part of the book, sort of have three principles of simplicity. One is to empathize, to distill, and to clarify. And I was just uh, tweeted this article last week in preparation for this show, and it said that a list of the fastest-growing occupations, as compiled by the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, the one thing that they all have in common is empathy. And so, you know, why why is empathy so important? Why do we care? Well, I mean, in order to in order to have to have a positive experience, and to connect with, I mean, we're living in a world where we need to connect with people, and in order to connect with somebody, you have to perceive their needs and expectations, 
And what's wrong with the a lot of the with big companies and with uh, with 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 government is they they have no empathy, they have no soul. And going to your you know industry, I, and I, being an athletic, and I've worked with all kinds of trainers and rehab people. And empathy is critical. And what I, I, what I, one of the things that I've always used about uh, when I've gone to um, a Pilates or I've had a private trainer or I'm in a, uh, a program in a tennis academy, uh, a really top-flight top person, the first thing they'll do is they're going to look you in the eye and say, how do you feel today? What's going on? Do you have any special things that, that you need today? Um, and that always impresses me. That shows me that the person is looking at me as an individual and customizing the experience that I'm going to have based on how I feel and what's going on in my life that day and what problems or issues that I have. Right. And, and again, that's a very simple and easy thing to do, mm. which kind of leads back to the, how we kind of started out this segment of how can you increase your revenue through simplicity. And, and I think that's one big way. You know, someone is more likely to come back to you if you can empathize with them and treat them like an individual. Yeah, one of the uh, elements of of simplicity, it's in, in the section on distill, uh, distilling information, is customizing. Mm-hmm. I mean, pe- what you, people are very busy. So sim- simplifying things right away helps them, but customizing is just as important. So people... If you can, if you can look at people as individuals, and when you communicate with them, treat them as an individual, and give them information that you can anticipate they need, not mm-hmm. what everybody needs, mm-hmm. but what they need, I think that makes a very strong impression and has greater impact. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the first thing that that popped into my head is, you know, let's say you have someone with low back pain, or you have a patient that's post-surgical, whether it be a total hip replacement, a total knee replacement. Of course, there are some protocols for that, but each protocol has to. Really be individualized for that person. And, you know, I think that sometimes when you're very busy and you're seeing, you know, let's say you have to see 14 patients a day, it is tempting to fall back on, well, I'll just give them the protocol versus I'll take the protocol and, like you said, distill it down and then customize it. And I think that that makes a big difference. And the patient can, the patient knows that. And I think they can sense that. Um, And so I think that that's important. Exactly. And, you know, the, the third principle of, so empathy, distilling down, and then clarifying. So, you know, it, that, that last part to kind of clarify, I think that, that that's where people can get a little tripped up. You know, it's some, for some people, it's easy to be empathetic. It's easy to look at your information and distill it. But then how do you take that third step? You know, I think, you know, one of the... One of the underpinnings of clarity is to organize your information and your thoughts and what you're trying to say. And whenever I, you know, teach a writing program um, uh, or put, put, teach a master class in, in writing, I, or I, I really recommend that people organize their thoughts before they start writing or organize what they're trying to do before they try to do it. And then um, I think the second thing is you want to figure out what you want to emphasize. You can't discuss everything. So uh, in addition to organizing, outlining, you want to, what are the points of emphasis that I want to make? And then clarity, clarity of expression is, is a critical ingredient in that. And then another very important factor is visualization, how you design things and the format that you put it in so that it signals 
uh, a seriousness, or and and it's but it at the same time is accessible, and uh, and and presents information in in a way where people can readily read it and use it. Right, and and that's very important. Like before, when you said you know you could go on some websites and it's like a whole page full of mm-hmm. nonsense, mm-hmm. and and you don't even know what the person does. You know, and, and I know I see that a lot. Like, you'll go on a website, and you'll go through, and you're like, I don't even know what this person does for a living. <laughs> like, why am I even on this website? And I've actually seen that on physical therapy websites. By the time you get to the bottom of the first page, you're like, oh, they're a PT. Okay. Or, no, oh, um, they're a, a health coach or something. But you wouldn't know that unless you scroll all the way down. So talk about not organizing your thoughts before you put them to, to pen and paper, in this case, computer screen. The uh, clarity also plays a critical role in, I'm not going to use the word branding, I'll I'll say brand identity or identity. All of us have identity as individuals and and therapists, certainly, you know, in setting up their business, you each have your own personality, your philosophy, how you do things. So being able to express with clarity who you are, what you do, what's unique about you, and, and why anybody should pay attention to you is the underpinning of how you can build your business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, clarity is a very important uh, in, ingredient there as well. Because my next book is, is going to be, What Do You Guys Do Anyway? Which, you know, points yeah. to the fact that most, most people, many people, and most organizations don't do a very good job of explaining who they are, what they do, and what's unique about them, and why you should pay attention to them. Very true. And, and we're going to talk a little bit. That leads us perfectly into our next segment. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, um, we're going to talk a little bit more um, on that subject and on to brand or brand identity. So everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back with Alan Siegel. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Hi, I'm Austin Marola. And I'm Sloan Wainwright. We're the hosts of the new Thursday morning show, The Music Power, Power Hour. Hour, at 11 a.m. We're going to have fun. And shine the light on all aspects of music. And its limitless healing possibilities. We're going to invite artists to share their songs and play live. We'll be listening and talking about great music from yesterday to today. So you're invited to share in our musical conversation. Your ears will be delighted with the sound of music. And our voices. Join Austin and Sloan live Thursdays at 11 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy. I'm joined today by branding expert, author of the book, Simple, Conquering the Crisis of Complexity, Alan Siegel. So, Alan, we left off last time. It sort of brought us right into kind of exactly where I wanted to go with this segment. But talking about, and I'm, I'm air quoting right now, branding. Um, and it's, it's been a hot topic amongst social media, especially in the physical therapy world over the last couple of weeks and months. And, you know, there was a physical therapist wrote a blog post. Within the blog post, there was this quote, and, and I would love to know what your feeling is. And I think it might have been a quote from, oh man, I can't remember right now, but I'll come up with it in a second. But it said, if you can't describe your position in eight words or less, you don't have a position. So what is your thought on, on that statement? Well, you know, positioning basically is defining, you know, what who you are and what's unique about you versus your competition. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think it's an overreach to say if you can't do it in eight words, you're unsuccessful. I think it can be as long as it's it's distinctive and clear and true. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the most important thing that and, and memorable. And believable, um, you can you can use ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty words if you mm-hmm. need to. I mean, I've done um, it, it. Having a slogan or having four or five words is very it's very difficult to define a person or a service or somebody who's a leading uh, therapist and has a point of view on eight words. So I think it's an overreach. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that also. Mm-hmm. And you know, another thing, and and I don't know if there's kind of a misconception on what branding is. I feel like in some circles, people kind of confuse branding with marketing. I don't know if you get that a lot or confuse branding with, with PR at times. Um, or, you know, I think it's important what you said before, there's a brand and then there's a brand identity. So if you're, let's say, you're not the Cleveland Clinic, you know, mm-hmm. we don't have these huge, uh, right. it's not a huge organization. Let's say you have a small clinic or you're an individual and everyone says, oh, you know, I hear all the time, well, you know, you have to stay on your brand and, and what is your brand? And, and you know, in talking with other people, it, it seems more like identity might be the right word. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think for professional people, brand is a bad word. Um, I think identity is a better word. Who are you? What do you do? What's unique about what you do? And why? Why? Why should? Why, what? What can people expect from the experience of doing business with you? And um, if you can, you can define that, and you use that as a filter for decision making, for the content of your communications, mm-hmm. um, for the way you interact with people. You build a, a consistency of impression. So basically, a, a uh, uh, an identity is, you know, wh- what, what's, what do you, what's the promise, what's the value proposition that you bring to the business of therapy? Why, what do you, what do, you do, and how is, it that, how is that going to impact me with the problem that I have? Mm-hmm. And so the value proposition or the promise of who, what you're going to deliver is the underpinning of your business. And, um, you know, and, and, and and most of the the trainers and therapists that I, I've dealt with have very distinctive personalities and philosophies. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can put down on one side of one piece of paper, you know, what do you do? How do you do it? 
how, 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 what's distinctive about what you do, and how, how is it going to help people on the one hand? And on the other hand, what's, what's the personality of your identity? Who, who are you, and what are the words and values that uh, you use to make decisions and help your clients and build your business? I think it gives you a good underpinning, and you can use it to make decisions on what your office looks like and mm -hmm. um, what, uh, what your website looks like and um, what your sign looks like. And if you write correspondence and, and send bills to people, what your bills look like mm -hmm. and how you, how you use your bill to reinforce your identity. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I remember working, working with a number of companies where we say the one thing people are going to look at is the bill. Yeah, and that's so true. use the bill to communicate messages and reinforce to these people what value you're bringing to them. So if you really think of uh, your brand platform is one side of one piece of paper, who you are, what you do, what's distinctive about what you do, what's your value proposition, and what's your, your individual personality, and use that to guide you in your decision-making and how uh, and the content and style of the, co of the communications you have, I think it would be very helpful. Yeah, and that, that makes uh, obviously makes a lot of sense. And I think that's, you know, when... When people, and, and physical therapists in particular, when we talk about who we are, you know, everyone, the first thing people say is, well, we're movement experts. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, but it, it has to go so much further, you know. So it, looking at, you know, everyone, like I said, they're trying to def define that position in eight words or less. And, and you can't do it. Yeah, you can't do it. How do can it. you do that? You know, how could you say, well, I'm a movement expert who... You've already used up two words. You only have six words left. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's a, this is the thing is that um, one of the problems that, in terms of identity and branding, that you ha that therapists have is how do you differentiate yourself from a trainer? Um, yeah. a chiropractor. What, where do you stand? How do you how do you relate how do you relate to the to the medical community? Mm -hmm. You know, you're not an MD. So, and therapy you know therapy has always been kind of vague, mm -hmm. and also therapy is not something that happens overnight. I, I mean, I uh, it, it's it the kinds of things that you guys do. It takes a while to get mm -hmm. results. You know, mm -hmm. and you have to experiment. Mm -hmm. But I think it's it's very important to. Uh, uh, to re re figure out who your audiences are. So one of your audiences is who's referring business to you, right? Mm -hmm. So doctors are referring business to you um, and other people in the medical community. And that's another reason that if you have a really good, strong presentation uh, and that's consistent and intelligent, mm -hmm. not eight words, but a really intelligent uh, presentation of what you're all about and mm -hmm. on your website, and in your communications with people, it could have a dramatically positive impact on your business. You know, yeah, and yeah, uh, the other, you know, the other, uh, other thing, you know, is who your your patients. And I think that, as I said, um, you know, communicating with patients and connecting with them and, and, and treating them as individuals and customizing the information you give mm -hmm. them and being proactive in terms of of sending people information online. I mean, you have their, you, you get, you have their um, email, yeah. sending them information and talk, and, and having a dialogue with them, not just seeing them once a week for an hour. That's, mm -hmm. that's very important. So, you know, mm -hmm. in order to build a, an identity, in order to 
distinguish yourself it it it's it's not it, it's an ongoing process. It's being intelligent, but if you have that good brand platform, it, it directs how you speak to people and how you present yourself and builds consistency to everything that you do. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, like you said, the therapy world, it is kind of vague. Just mm-hmm. therapy, physical therapy as a general profession. You know, because I was reading an article the other day, and it said, you know, something about, you know, who would you go to if you hurt your back? Well, physical therapist wasn't on the list. It was a doctor, a chiropractor, or massage therapist. Well, why why is that? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think the uh, profession has done a very good job of defining Mm -hmm. its value, its value proposition, you know, and distinguishing therapists from from trainers or, uh, or, or... chiropractors mm-hmm. or, or, or other or, or people who were charlatans who, try, right. who claim they can help you. Right, but right, I think, right. you know, I, I, I think that uh, the profession hasn't done a very good job of asserting its value proposition. Right. And I think maybe that's where as individuals, as an individual therapist, kind of like what you were saying with the general public before, you said if the general public can kind of band together and get at these big companies and get at these maybe the government, I, that's doubtful, but, you know, to to force a change, perhaps that's what needs to happen within the physical therapy community, you know, you know getting... I think they have to, have to raise their profile. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, you know, a lot of stuff is word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. And um, one of the important things that um, the, the, the therapy community has to do is prove its value. Mm-hmm. And and I think you need evidence-based research as well as emotional yeah, absolutely. Recommend, recommendations to validate the profession and distinguish it and get get, get some visibility. Yeah, and, and, you know, the the thing is that there certainly are more and more evidence-based uh, results uh, as to the efficacy of physical therapy, but it's just that nobody knows it, <laughs> you know? And yeah, I think that's, I you know, the, 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 the evidence-based... Uh, studies are there, you know, like having your physical therapist as your point person for orthopedic problems versus going to the MD, it takes down the cost of the healthcare system within the healthcare system as a whole, and it reduces the cost for the individual patient. Yeah, and the other thing so, is, you know, there's legislation has a big impact yeah, on this too. Yeah, that's true. And I think one of the things that I've noticed in the insurance policies and stuff that I have, mm-hmm. the, they have a limited number of sessions. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm working with uh, um, a couple of big uh, drug rehabilitation centers right now, and Obama Healthcare is going to cover outpatient treatment mm-hmm. as opposed to resident treatment. And and the the number of sessions you're allowed are so low, it's impossible for for people to 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 get effective treatment yeah. for alcoholism or drug use right. with a number of things. And I think therapy is the same thing. Yeah. A lot of these. A lot of these things that you're doing, it, 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 it takes time and patience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're sort of in it for the long haul. It's not like you come to a therapist and, you know, like there's, we put your hands on, we put our hands on you and you're magically better. Right. You know, outside of some guy in upstate New York who claims to have super sensitized hands through esoteric kung fu. <laughs> True story. Who claims to just basically put put his hands on you and you're cured? Um, you know, for PT it takes a little while, and and you know part of the problem that we have again through through Medicare is that really people are only getting about sixteen or seventeen visits, and then they're yeah. capped. So you know, even for someone with with 
low back pain, sometimes it could take more than that. So yeah, I mean, I, a guy right. that I a guy that I work with had his hip replaced, mm-hmm. and, and you know, he, his policy had like twelve sessions, and, mm-hmm. and he didn't get anything done. He walked like peg leg Pete. Right. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. No. It's he, he really a, needed. Uh, he's older, and yeah. he really needed probably six months of, of therapy. Right. To really get the maximum benefit of that operation. Right. Right. Yeah. And and you know you're right. There's there's a lot of different uh, forces that are playing upon. Uh, the medical field in general, forget about just physical therapy in particular, but the medical field in general and legislation is a huge part of that. Um, But we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We're going to wrap things up. So everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back with Alan Siegel. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183 That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at monty at montytaylor.com. That's monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at montytaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. And welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy, and I'm joined today by Alan Siegel. He is one of the best-known figures in the branding industry. Uh, he created Siegel Vision, which is a new strategic branding and communications consultancy that champions clarity above all, and the author of the new book, Simple, Conquering the Crisis of Complexity. So, uh, you know, this is kind of our, our last segment here. So in, in that, uh, let's talk about just one one other thing and i think that you've said it uh in the last segment and but if what in your opinion what are the most crucial elements of a successful brand or let's say brand identity um i I think the first thing is defining your value proposition or promise what what is your offering to to patients and the medical community in very clear and direct terms 
that distinguishes you, differentiates you, and gives people a compelling reason to establish a relationship with with you. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, secondly, since when you talk about identity, and you're talking about a person with uh, who has a very distinctive uh, personality and way of doing things, I think it's important to define your personality in three or four or five or six. Uh, terms mm-hmm. and use use these two things as the underpinning for how you go to market and interact with your various publics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. And you know, getting back, um, thank you for all that advice on on mm. branding and identity. But um, I want to kind of get back to the book and mm. again just talk a, a little bit about where people can get the book and and some of the re- some the importance of some of the resources in the back. So let's first of all where can people buy simple? Well, you I mean you can buy it on Amazon um and you can and Barnes and Noble has it as well. Um so if, you know it's, it's really easy no problem getting it. You can so if you you if you just go to Amazon you can you can get it. There's a version there's a you know a hard hardcover version and there's an audio version as well. Um Is there so, an ebook version? Uh, yes, there's Great. an ebook version as well. Uh-huh. So you have three, you have three versions of it, and then eventually for students there'll be a, a soft cover, oh, nice. a version coming out. And it's, you know, it's been it's been published in uh, in Korean, um, um, believe it or not, Hungarian, huh. Spanish. It's in, and so it's been published in a number of languages as well around the world. Great and. Um, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Good. No, fine. That's fine. Oh, okay. And and in the back of the book, under the resources uh, mm. section, the website that we spoke about earlier is www.callforclarity.com. And I was I've been on this website. And it's an it's a good website, you know. And I think it's very interesting. And I think that you know the listeners out there take the time and and go on to that because there are some some uh, great resources, great people, and you can kind of see really, really great people doing some really, really great things, I guess. Yeah, and you know, just, uh, you know, you can, you can either send a note to me on, uh, through the website or at, to asegal at seagullvisioncorp.com, mm-hmm. one word. If, if, just, if you have any good ex- examples of some things that are being done in simplification, in your profession or in mm-hmm. your life that you think I'll be interested in, uh, or you have any questions, I'd be glad to to answer them. You know, and what you know, it, one thing that there are two things in the medical area that I, and simplification, Karen. I don't know much. Do you have much t- any time left? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plenty. Okay, the two things that I wanted to point out. One was, uh, one was um, there was um, a, a doctor was very upset by the chaos in the operating room. And um, he brought some systematized it by going out to Boeing and talking to the people who do uh, all the charts that pilots use to handle emergencies. So if you remember when the plane went down in the Hudson River Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. and there was all that publicity, the pilot never really looked up. His co-pilot read the checklist that Boeing put together and he was able to land the plane. So this, this doctor has put a simplified list together of uh, coordinating what's going on when people come to the operating room so that they are following the procedures and they're interacting with each other and there are no mistakes. 
And I thought that was a very good example in medicine. And then there's mm -hmm. another one where this wonderful uh, young designer, Deborah Adler, for, tar for Target, redid the prescription medical uh, uh, vials in, and put them with, made bottles uh, that had a flat front uh, with, so you could put in big type the name of the product uh, and uh, other, other vital information. Mm -hmm. And she changed, in, for, for the different people in the family, she had um, different colors that went with the cap and that, you know, prevented people from using other people's drugs and making a mistake and getting very ill. So right. there are tons of examples in, in medicine. We've worked a lot with Medicare and Medicaid to try to simplify their booklets and simplify their procedures. So, um, you know, in the medical area, in the area that you operate in, there's mm -hmm. huge opportunities to innovate. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think the woman who redesigned the pill bottles did so because, like, her grandparents mixed up medication, or, like, somebody took, like, a, a, a family member took a medication that was meant for someone else because the bottles mm -hmm. are so small. Yeah, you, know, you can't read any you of can't it. Read it's, them. Un, it's unintelligible. Yeah. You know, so the the you, you know, you being innovative, being creative in every way that you interact with your with your patients. Just don't follow, you know, standard traditional way of doing things. Mm -hmm. Try to try to innovate, uh, you know, if you give people instructions uh, or in your bills or in if you correspond with people mm -hmm. or if you speak at a symposium, originality, clarity empathy, uh, you know, all, all of these things play a, cri a critical role in establishing your brand and your identity. Yeah, and and what very well said. Now, I just want, um, before we sign off here, uh, can you just, uh, again, give everyone your website? Because if people want a good example of mm -hmm. a clear and concise website, I think yours is a very good example yep. of that. Yep. Well, the, other, it, the it's it's, um, it's SiegelVisionCorp.com, one word S I E G E L Corp C O R P, excuse me SiegelVisionCorp S I E G E L V I S I O N Corp one word dot com, and uh, what I I think you'll enjoy on on the website is I have these uh, uh, voices of our time mm -hmm. where I have uh, in depth conversations with with various people, and there, there's really a good one in the medical area, and that's yep. with one of the leading uh, experts on breast cancer about how young girls can protect themselves against getting breast cancer, and there are lots of other subjects. Mm -hmm. So, And you'll, I think the people that they interviewed did a really good job of, of, of talking about medical issues with great clarity and enthusiasm and passion. Yeah, I agree. I watched uh, the one with the Dr. For, that started breastcancer.org, yep. yeah. um, and it was it was great. And so I think if anyone is looking to, you know, let's say not copy because we're not copycats, but emulate a very clear and concise website using video multimedia, I think yours does a very good job. Thank you. Sure, and thank you for taking the time out today over the past hour and coming on the show. So thank you so much. You're very welcome, and. Good luck to everybody. Thank you, thank you. And everyone, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, and uh, everyone, stay, uh, have a great week and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
Are you a female entrepreneur ready to break through? Join us at Sexy Body Sassy Soul, where women are empowered to ask for and receive what they truly want in love, life, and business. Tune in Thursdays at noon Eastern Time to learn tips and juicy secrets from inspiring women and men who dare to define their success. Get inspired, stay motivated, and define your version of joy and success with Sexy Body Sassy Soul every Thursday at noon New York Time on TalkingAlternative.com. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. This is Tony Martinetti, the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Technology, fundraising, compliance, social media. Small and medium nonprofits have needs in all these areas. My guests are expert in all these areas and more. Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern, on Talking Alternative Broadcasting. Are you concerned about the future of your business or career? Would you like it all to just be better? Well, the way to do that is through better communication. And the best way to do that is training from the team at Improving Communications. This is Larry Sharp, host of the Ivory Tower Radio Program and director at Improving Communications. Does your office need better leadership, customer service, sales, or maybe better writing or speaking skills? Could they be better at dealing with confrontation, conflicts, and touchy subjects? All are covered here at Improving Communications. If you're in the New York City area, stop by one of our public classes or get your human resources in touch with us. The website is improvingcommunications.com. That's improvingcommunications.com. Improve your professional environment. Be more effective. Be happier and make more money. Improving communications. That's the answer. TalkingAlternative.com. 